I think he blessed you today. <laughs> oh. Well, happy Mother's Day. It is a wonderful day. Walt said, you know, it's a rainy day, and I'm thinking, for somebody going through menopause, that's a great day. It means no hot flash. So it's a great Mother's Day. Um, I am a mother, and uh, I thought, you know, I've never looked up the definition in the dictionary of mother. And so I decided to do it. And this is what one of the many definitions of mother is. Is to give life to. Women, you are life givers. You give life to. Living, breathing things are formed in your womb. And you give life. I've had two be formed in my womb, and they are here today sitting in the back. Their names are Madison and Maverick. And I wanted to tell them this morning, it is my privilege to be your mother. And it is my honor to be your mother. I will forever and always be your biggest fan. And I will always speak life and breathe life into the things that God has planned for you. So thank you for making me a mother. And I have my mom here today. She's not always with us on a Sunday morning, and I wanted to say and honor you today and say Happy Mother's Day. Much of who I am is because of you and because God chose to give you to me as my mom. And even still now, in the season that you're walking through, you are continuing to shape and mold my life. And for that, I say thank you and I honor you today. The title of my message today is Just Breathe. Can you do that with me right now? Can you just take a big, deep breath? Just breathe breathe. The Hebrew word, the Hebrew definition for breathe is simply this. It is the breath of life. It's a breathing person, a living soul. It first occurs in the Bible in Genesis 2 verse 7, and the passage says this, and the Lord God formed a man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. This is the first account in the word of man taking his first breath. And it is aided entirely by man's creator. The creator himself breathed the breath of life into what he had formed and taught him how to breathe. He gave him his breath. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today, and I thank you for a time set aside to honor women, to honor moms. Lord, I pray today that this word speaks directly to your people's heart. 
speaks to the heart of women. Show them, Lord, something specific. And teach us once again how to just breathe. In your son's name, amen. Our text today is found in Ezekiel chapter 37. It's going to be verses 1 through 9 and then verse 14. And in this text, we're going to read about a guy named Ezekiel. And I might say Ezekiel or I might say easy for short. But I want to talk to you about this passage and what takes place in Ezekiel's life. The Lord, the Lord God, spoke to Ezekiel and he said, I want to take you on a spiritual walk. Essentially, he had an out-of-body experience. And the Lord took him on a walk, and he took him into a valley. And in this valley, it was covered with dry bones. The Lord walked Ezekiel back and forth through this valley. And all around him, there were bones piled high. And they were dry. Dry. I can just imagine the thoughts swirling around in Ezekiel's mind. What on earth is God thinking? Where has he brought me? What is he wanting to show me? This is a graveyard. And I don't know about you, but when I see a skeleton or bones, it means that something has died. So essentially, he was walking him through a valley of death. He was walking him through a valley of loss. He was walking him through a valley of brokenness. He was walking him through a valley of unrealized dreams, of promises that weren't fulfilled, of death. Verse 1 through 3 says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live. So I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Just as Ezekiel might have been wondering what God was doing with him that day, you might be thinking, Michelle, what on earth are you talking to me on Mother's Day about dry bones and death? You see, I'm very aware that on a day like today, there's a lot of celebrating going on. You might have brunch plans, reservations after service. You might have been greeted this morning with coffee at your bedside or breakfast in bed. I have a really good friend. She's wrapping up her Mother's Day in London with her girls and with her husband. For some, it's a wonderful, wonderful day. For others, you might be estranged from your mom. 
For others, this might be your first Mother's Day without your mom. For some of you, you might say, Michelle, I've never been able to be a mom. I've never been able to have a child. We all have our equivalent of dry bones. We all have our own valley. And my valley might look different than your valley. But we all have valleys of dry bones. The Lord is asking you today, will you come with me and let me walk you through this valley and give you some instructions? He's wanting to look at you eyeball to eyeball, like as if you were sitting across the table looking at each other. And he wants to say, Michelle, Judy, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can your marriage no longer be dry? Can your womb bring life? Can this friendship, can this relationship be restored? Can the dream still come to pass? And rather than you getting the opportunity to ask the Lord for the answer, he's asking you, can these bones live? Will you say it with me? Can these bones live? Can these bones live? When the Lord asked this question of Ezekiel, his response was, oh Lord God, you know. It reminds me of, you know, us just, things happening in our life, and we just say, well, a sovereign God allows this, this, and this. And although I absolutely believe in a sovereign God, I also very much believe that he looks at me and he looks at you and he says, are you willing to partner with me and look at valleys and say, can these dry bones live? So Ezekiel looked at him and said, oh, Lord God, you know. And the Lord responded back in verse 4 through 6 and said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to, breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. You see, back in Genesis 2, verse 7, when it said that God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and gave him breath, his plan moving forward for the rest of time was to be in partnership with you, doing life with you, Breathing in tandem with you. 
He wasn't just waiting on Ezekiel to answer all the questions. He was going to give him instruction because he wanted to partner with him. He wanted Ezekiel to prophesy over that valley. He wanted Ezekiel to see the dryness around him and to begin to speak, to breathe life into it. He wanted Ezekiel to breathe and to speak, and God wanted to partner and add his breath to Ezekiel's words and to bring life. How many of you today have been speaking and speaking and praying and doing, but it hasn't even been in tandem and in partnership with? And the Lord is saying, let's do this thing together. You speak, I'll breathe into, and life will happen. The bones will come back together, and what's been dead will be alive. Anybody here in the house have valleys of dry bones in your life? Am I the only one? Yeah. This morning, the Lord is asking you to prophesy to what you can't see. You might not be able to see it. It might seem as dead as a doornail. He's asking you to prophesy. If you want to see dry things live, you have to open your mouth. God is desiring to bring dry things to life, but he needs your voice and he needs your breath. And he needs you to just breathe. Will you say just breathe? I don't know what you see when you look at this passage. But I do know that what you see, you can change. Because the word says so. You see, you either see death or possibility. You either see death or you see resurrection. You either see that it's over or it's just about to begin. The party has just started. You either see no future or you see the bright lights. You can change what you see by the words of your mouth. If you cannot prophesy life in your own life, how on earth are we ever going to speak life into those around us? How are we ever going to teach those that the Lord is going to bring across our path, our neighbors, our coworkers, students in our class, te uh, te other teachers that you work with, other business partners, people in politics? If you can't speak life in your own life, how are you ever going to introduce them to the life giver? If you can't speak life, breathe life into areas that are dry and dead, how are you ever going to, with confidence, introduce people to the healer? We can introduce people all day long to the God that we serve and the healer and see no changes.
I'm reminded of a passage that says something about um, the Lord. Uh, they were casting out um, a demon, and the Lord said, this only comes by prayer and fasting. So in other words, I can introduce you and I can pray all I want for healing. But if I don't take this for myself and get this so pressed down and worked out in my own heart and life, how will I ever with confidence introduce you to the healer to change the circumstances in your life? He's wanting you to look at your valley and change everything. So I ask you this morning, what are you doing with the dry bones in your life? We are often too quick to bury what God wants to resurrect. Friday night, we were at a friend's house. We were actually picking Mav up from um, a get-together, a party, and we were talking with our friends, and he's a police officer. And... Um, I always enjoy sitting and talking with him because I ask all kinds of, you know, interesting, fun questions about his work and his day and, you know, what he got to do that day. And sometimes you get some fun stories. And so the conversation went on to talk about how in California, we are one of a few states that um, if you elected to, you can have assisted suicide by your physician. And we talked some more about it, and for the next two days, uh, even this morning I woke up again thinking about it, that there have been situations that I have, you know, gone and prayed for people, even just up to recently, that you think, Lord, they're in so much pain. Can this just be done? And the thought occurred to me when our friend told me this. How many times in our society now have we taken the so-called pill of wanting to end it all for a resurrection not to take place? Have we stopped short and we've dug the grave, and we've buried the body. And God said, I don't care how bad it looks. I have a resurrection planned. Because isn't he the God of resurrection? Doesn't he bring dead things back to life? And this morning, he's taking us to the valley and he's asking us to survey the dry bones in our own life. And he says, what are you going to do about them today? What are you going to do? So I have this picture. I didn't know what one of these ever looked like. I, does anybody in the house know what these are? This is called a breathalyzer. A breathalyzer is used if you get pulled over by a police officer 
for driving under the influence. And if he suspects that you are driving under the influence, he is going to have you breathe into this contraption. And this contraption is going to tell him the alcohol content in your system. And it's going to let him know how impaired you really are. This morning, I would like for us to take a spiritual breathalyzer. So mine is just a paper sack. I tried yesterday to find one of these because I was going to have it here for us. Um, but I couldn't get one. So I have a paper sack. Um, as I was typing my notes and putting this part in here, I was reminded of, which I don't know if this brings any comfort to anybody, but the fact that I did not know what that was or what it looked like, I hope that brings comfort to you. <laughs> um, but I was reminded of a few years ago, we were going up to the mountains um, with some friends, and it was on a Sunday evening, it was late at night, it was dark, and we were rounding, we were following them, and we were rounding one of the bends, and uh, there were some flashing lights, and they had us pull over, and they had Walt get out of the car, and he's got the flashlight looking in his eyes, and I'm thinking, what on earth is going on? Well, Walt must have won too many times, crossed the line, and so he thought, we might need to use this. That's been as close as we've gotten to that. But uh, he found that he was not impaired. Uh, and for that, we can say thank you and amen, right? Today, I want us to take a spiritual breathalyzer. And if you will allow me for fun's sake, I want to be the official police of heaven today. And I'm going to open the bag. And I'm going to ask us to breathe into it. The Lord is wanting to determine what the toxic level is in our breath and in our words. There's three different type of toxins I want to talk about this morning. And the first one, when you breathe in, does the level come back and say, bad breath? Have you ever been around somebody with bad breath? My sister tells the funniest story about um, a situation she was in with somebody with bad breath. If you ever have, you want to almost pull out of your pocket mints. I know that might sound rude, but isn't it true? Bad breath. And I wonder, that bad breath, is it because a fence has come in and settled in your lungs? And you haven't exhaled it, and it's rested, and it's become toxic? In Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death 
and life are in the power of the tongue. Has death, has offense settled in and rested? When you look at your children and you speak of them, is it about how they've only disappointed and haven't measured up? When you look at your marriage and you speak about your marriage, is it with negativity and dissatisfaction? Your job, is it that everybody else has gotten promotions, but me, they always overlook me? Has the offense settled in? So even though you might be breathing and speaking, the Lord is saying, you're toxic. He wants you to detox your lungs. He wants you to learn to breathe again. Just as he did with Adam, he breathed into him the breath of life. Will you this morning let the Lord detox your lungs and let him breathe into you the breath of life? If you were to take the breathalyzer, would it read wasted breath? Wasted breath. Your challenge might be that you're using your breath to continue arguments and to run around circles and get nothing accomplished? Are you doing the same things over and over and over again and getting no results? If I'm not mistaken, I think that's the definition of insanity. You're having the same conversation, rehashing the same things, and the Lord is saying, shut your mouth. Stay quiet. Silence yourself. If you go to the movies, there's that beautiful screen that comes on that says, silence is golden. He's saying this morning, your silence is golden. It's accomplishing nothing. Hush yourself. Start to change the confession of your mouth from failure and defeat to victory and success. How do you do that? It's, it's simple. It's not, it's not rocket science. The word. Find a scripture if it's only one and hold on to it for dear life. And every morning, if it's the only thing positive that's going to come from your lips, silence yourself and only confess the one scripture. And if you have to, be a mute for the rest of the day. But don't waste your breath. Third, are you short of breath? Does the reading come up and say short of breath? Are you tired, exhausted? Are you overspent? I get the picture of, it's a silly picture, but remember that one, I Love Lucy, and she's got the Vita Vita Vegemin? Are you tired and lifeless and listless? Are you? Do you got nothing left? You're saying, Lord, you're asking me to speak and breathe into dry bones, and I'm about as dry as they come. There's nothing left.
the wind has been knocked out of your sails. It's as if you've been kicked in the gut. And you look at your future and you think, I can't even get out of my present. How am I ever going to get there? Last year, at this time, literally a year ago, I was getting ready to head out of town for some work stuff. And I was going to D.C. And on my way to D.C., a friend of mine um, met me up in New York. And we spent a few days together in New York City. And uh, I got there on a Sunday, arrived on a Sunday, got to the airport, got my plane arrived. I think it was 5 a.m. I Ubered my way to the hotel, and I had about six or seven hours until she was going to arrive. And uh, got myself checked into the hotel, and I thought, it's a Sunday. I wasn't here with you, so I thought, I'm going to church. And so I made my way um, in the middle of Times Square, and I found the Times Square church. I got a cup of coffee first, and uh, I went to Times Square church. And you have to arrive about two hours early in order to save a seat. And so I went, and I got my bulletin, I went, and I found a seat, and I put it down on there. And they said, you know, you can go and do whatever and come back, and, you know, your seat will be saved. I said, thank you, and went on my way. thought, I'll go get a quick bite. And so I was, as I was walking down the sidewalk, there was this little deli we had been to before, and so I thought, I'm going to go in there and get me some breakfast, you know, pack it up, and, uh, you know, I'll piddle until I go back for service. And the Lord absolutely 100% redirected my morning. As I walked out of the deli, um, the Lord said, you need your own church today. I was like, okay. And so I walked straight a couple blocks to Central Park. And at this particular season last year, it was like I had no breath. And I remember walking into Central Park, and it was beautiful. The trees just literally hung over the pathways. Everything was in bloom. It, it was like a, a movie. The birds are singing, you know. There are guys sitting on benches, you know, with their horns, you know, playing music. And I'm walking through, and I'm like, oh, what a lovely day. I keep walking, and I knew where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to the Bethesda Fountain. So I had to keep walking, and as you get there... I was standing up, this is the picture, I was standing up at the top of the stairs. And when you walk down, you walk down through a tunnel, and then there's the fountain and the lake. So I walked down, and I stood there in front of the fountain. And I began to walk. And I have never had a panic attack in my life. So I don't know if that's what this was. But I remember as I stood there, all of a sudden, there's all these people around and everybody's taking pictures. And all I could feel was my chest. And I kept going like this. And all I could hear was the Lord say, breathe. I thought, what the heck? I am. If I wasn't, I'd need CPR. And he said, breathe. And I stood there literally 
to the side. And I'm holding my purse and my lunch breakfast sack. And I stood there, and I don't know if people thought I was nuts, but I literally started breathing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And every time I breathed in and I exhaled, it was as if I could feel the heaviness being lifted and being replaced. And I got, my mind immediately went back to the scripture in Psalms 23, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I love the way that NI, that um, New Living says, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. You see, circumstances and situations often want to dominate our life and our breath. They want to be king and rule everything going on on the inside of us and everything that comes out of our mouth. I hadn't found green pastures for a while. And it doesn't mean that you got to go fly somewhere to find them. But if you're short of breath this morning, I encourage you, let the shepherd who says you will lack nothing when you follow me, and I will lead you to green pastures. I will let you rest beside still waters. And I will restore your soul. That shortness of breath is often equated to a soul that needs to be restored. Does your soul need to be restored today so that your breath comes back? Just as the Lord <coughs> asked me that day in Central Park, to breathe. He's asking you today to just breathe. Capture the breath of God. Let him breathe into you. Let your lungs become expanded with the breath of God so that what comes out is holy. Holy. So that as you stand in the middle of what seems to be dry, that it's his breath that is breathed and his words that are spoken and life can happen. God still wasn't finished with Ezekiel in this passage. And if you go to verse 7, it says, so I, Ezekiel, prophesied as I was commanded. He did what the Lord asked him to do. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together. 
bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Sometimes it might feel like you see bits of progress. Your body's getting a little better. The situation's gotten a little better. The relationship is better than what it used to be. But it's still kind of dry. It's not whole. The Lord is asking you today, don't give up. He's not done. He's really just beginning. He went on to give Ezekiel further instructions. And you find those in verse 9. It says, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And verse 14 says, and I, this is God speaking, and I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Don't give up. There might be some further instructions. Have you ever gotten an instruction manual for whether it's a new coffee pot, a toy that you're putting together for a kid, and you glance through the table of contents to see which are the important ones? The Lord's saying, this isn't multiple choice. You don't get to pick which chapters, which instructions you want to follow. You can't just pick which ones you like and expect to see God's size results. He says, follow my lead. Follow my instructions. I'm not done. Can these bones live? Prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord, the breath of God will come back on the inside of you and you will be, you will live. Don't look at those dry bones and start digging a grave. God sees an empty tomb. He sees a stone rolled away. And he's asking you to see that with him. In closing, God's not finished. He's asking you to breathe again. Until you hear the noise and until you hear the rattling of those dry bones coming together, keep prophesying. Keep breathing life. Keep speaking life. Don't give up until you see wholeness. God's not a God of halfway, but we are.
But if we stay connected with him, he will complete what he has started. What does the word say? He who began a good work will complete it. He's asking you today, will you partner with him? Will you breathe in the breath of God so that you can breathe out life and you can speak words and let his breath partner with your words and see life come back to a marriage that's ready to sign papers, to a body that is broken, to a mind that is lost, to a heart that doesn't want to tick anymore, to a marriage that you're like, you know what? I'm done. You see, we live in a society that a replacement is easier than a resurrection. How often is it easier to replace something than to fix it? And God's saying, I want to resurrect what's dry and dead in your life today. Ladies, will you stand? Will you with me, let's breathe in one more time. Just breathe. I actually think there's a song that says, just breathe. Just breathe. You are inherently life givers. You might not be a mother to a biological child, but you might mentor many. You might mentor one. You might be an aunt. You inherently, it's in our DNA to give life. We instinctively do it. I pray that today you would be awakened to the responsibility in your mouth. There is a responsibility between these two lips. It's a responsibility to breathe life. If there's things, as you've taken the test, the breathalyzer, that the reading comes back that needs to be adjusted, will you this morning, along with me, readjust? Because this isn't permanent. That one up there is costly. And this can be costly too. Because you know that little saying when we were kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me isn't true. Isn't true. There's a responsibility here. I pray that that responsibility becomes a loud voice on the inside of you today, that you speak life. Speak life. 
For some of you, you find yourself in the middle of that valley, just like Ezekiel when the Lord was walking him through. And you find yourself standing there, and the bones are piled high. You're not there by mistake. In fact, I would dare to say for some of you, the Lord has purposefully placed you in the middle of dry bones to say, the breath that's on the inside of you is what will resurrect the things around you. But you got to get the leading right. I'd like to ask Walter to come up. And I'd like for him to pray over us as women that if there's things that need to be readjusted, that we will readjust. And that we will see a valley springing with beautiful flowers and not dry bones. Amen. Bow your heads, everyone. In fact, Psalm, uh, Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord. In fact, that's what we want to talk The fear of, of God, honoring God today. The woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. Father, I pray over all of our women, Lord, here and not here, in Jesus' name name. And Lord, that today they would just breathe. And not just an inhale or an exhale, but breathe in today your life, your spirit, your strength in every area of their life that they are believing and trusting you for. Lord, I thank you today. Let it be a confirmation today. Strength today. Life today. Hope restored today when we just breathe you in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. If